What's up, guys? Welcome to Commitment Phobe. My intro is under construction right now, but I was still so excited to start putting out episodes. So while I work on my recreation of my intro, I just wanted to say welcome back if you've been listening. Thank you so much for following along. Welcome if you're new. And this 2024, I'm just so excited to stepping it up with the level of coaches and trainers, experts, teachers that can come along and share some of their wisdom and knowledge on how to create better relationships in your lives, how to give yourself the permission to be more yourself and bring more of yourself and have livelier and more authentic and more real and more fulfilling relationships and intimacy. I am working on my book right now, and I'm also working with clients one-on-one, and I have a group program for those of you that want to deepen that work in how to transform your relationships in your lives and create a life where you can be fully yourself, even in the challenging relationships like your family or your work, or maybe for some of you, it was like me where you're relation you know your intimate relationships were tougher so if you want support around that and 2024 is the year that you want to unleash your unapologetic self-expression then you can send me a message on instagram or write me an email which you can find in the description text thanks again for tuning in and i hope you enjoy this episode hello everybody welcome back happy 2024 Today, my guest on the podcast is Spencer Jacobson, who I met five years ago when I moved back to Miami in my mid-20s. This is before coaching, and I came to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. Meanwhile, Spencer was leaving Miami to kind of do the same, but in a different chapter. So this is the first time that I'm seeing him in five years, believe it or not, Spencer. But, But I've been following his journey on the socials. Um, Because he's also, you know, very open and vulnerable on his journey. Mm -hmm. And even though we haven't seen each other, I can tell you that Spencer is a deep sea diver. And I don't mean the actual ocean. I mean that he literally just goes all in to make his life the life he wants. And he's willing to ask the, the scary questions, you know, why am I not happy? Why aren't my relationships the way I want them to look? Why isn't my work working? Why isn't sex working? And then he goes all in and he just does the mm-hmm. scary thing of, you know, finding the answers that he wants. And then he calls himself out when he looked in the wrong place, but it was the right one because it keeps leading him on the beautiful journey that he's on. Um, and I can super relate to that. He's had to destroy his life and himself a million times and put it back together. So very excited for him to share some of the wisdom that he's gathered along the way and talk to us about what he's doing today and how he's helping just the world be a better place where we have deeper and healthier and livelier relationships with each other. So welcome, Spencer. Thanks so much tonight. And I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. And it's so, um, it's so gratifying and inspiring to just feel your journey and the way that 
you have just massively leaned into vulnerability and truth and courage and sharing and serving and um yeah it just makes life more worthwhile being around or even just being able to be in your orbit since we met mm. thank you oh i had a a super deep reiki session today so i'm just like really feeling that <laughs> i'm very <laughs> open right now <laughs> nice so why don't we start with you telling us who you are and um, yeah, how, what are your contributions to the world? Mm. Yeah, so I live in Boulder, Colorado, um, 35 years old <laughs> and gosh, who am I? I? That is a question that I continue to try to figure out over time um but a lot of my my work and contribution in the world is curating spaces and opportunities for people to express the truth of who they are with themselves with with each other in groups collectively and to <laughs> like find that magical place that can happen when we don't have to hide who we really are from ourselves or with each other and when we actually can start to get that those deep dark crevices inside of us is actually what makes life so fucking beautiful and makes connection so beautiful and actually that that's where our deepest service and contribution can come from. So um, I facilitate something called Dance Meets Tantra, which is a transformational body of work, bridging dance movement, shadow work, relational intimacy. Um, and we take that around the world. And uh, I facilitate um, a brand of men's work called Emergence Brotherhood. And that has been described as um, sexually enlightened men's work, um, uh, which I I don't know if it's fully enlightened, but we try, we try. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then I'm just a, a creator. So I'm just kind of constantly feeling into my creative process is, what is it that I yearn for? And then I just invite people to that party, basically. Um, I sometimes wish I was better at like coming up with just like things that are outside of just my own awareness, but that's just not really how I work. So I tend to think that the world would be a better place if we were all just making the things that we yearn for the most. Mm, beautiful. How did you... um? I mean, this is, this can obviously, I'm sure you have a million ways of, of explaining this, but how did you come to, to this specific um, way of serving? Yeah. So I, I have always been someone that brings people together. Um, 
I can even remember being a kid and I was like always inviting people over to my house. And um, I, I think my way of coming to this has basically been trying everything else in the world possible <laughs> and failing at it. Um, and then just surrendering to, um, I really care about creating safe places for people to express themselves because that has been so hard for me in my life, basically just like having the right support and circumstances and environment to just like be able to feel myself and then share it and to um you know i've 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 danced all over the world contact improv five rhythms dance ecstatic dance and i basically just yearn for the kinds of people who can meet me all the way in truth and in embodiment and in courage to really like open our hearts and souls to each other versus fitting each other into boxes and um, just like projecting all these things onto each other and like what's possible when we come together as groups. Um, I think the way I found my way into this way of serving is that I feel most sane when groups are being fully fucking real. And I honestly feel kind of insane in so much of the rest of my life where I'm just like out in the world. I'm like, this is fucking insane. And I feel insane. And so I'm just creating environments where I get to feel good. basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're going to do what's good for you and then everyone else gets to benefit too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, um, something that I was thinking of before we got on was just how how simple it is to say just be yourself as like the advice to you know being happy in relationships and it's interesting that what it takes to have you know connection and intimacy is so simple but at the same time so complex and I'm sure that the complexities are what you create in these spaces um, and I've I've heard you talk through some, you know, in your Instagram, which I'd love for you to mention, you know, and maybe we can start with like safety, for example, like what is yeah. safety, right? What, and, and yeah, because what I just want to say is like, what I think is cool about what you're doing is that, that people get to experience deep connection with people and it doesn't have to be romantic, which is like the old paradigm of where, you know, we've been living in is like, yeah. you can only feel this connection, this soul connection with someone if you're in love. Totally. So let's, let's talk about safety. Yeah. Um, let's talk about safety. So um, I believe that people really have a misunderstanding of what creates safety and that, is actually the thing that really prevents many people from feeling safe. So one thing that we live in is we live inside a 
a culture around consent, which I believe prevents people from actually being into tune into deeper levels of self-responsibility, deeper levels of authenticity, and deeper levels of expression, which is where our safety comes from. So oftentimes people will say things like, this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. Saying that does not make a space mm. safe. Saying that doesn't make a relationship safe. What makes and ultimately creates safety is a place where our shadows, where the parts of ourselves that are hard to love for ourselves are actually welcomed. And oftentimes those parts of ourselves are not just the like collapsed, sad parts of ourselves. They're the fucking rageful, upset, fiery parts of ourselves. And so those on their surface can appear unsafe, right? Like in our society, people who are feeling rage, like we're like, yo, keep that out of here. That's not a safe thing to bring. But we can actually only ever feel truly safe if we can get out of this collective collapse, which so many of us are in, which is the repression of our anger, mm. right? So how many of us, we're basically, so many of us are walking around in a state of submission on some level because we had things that happened at points in our lives, whether it was with our primary caregivers, our parents, our siblings, where we were upset and we couldn't fully express it. And we had to basically submit to whatever was happening to maintain our connection with the people that were taking care of us. And that just continues on and on and on and on. And so we learn to live in this kind of semi-collapsed state of, oh, I'm going to keep my anger down here in this corner and maybe I'll even convince myself I'm not an angry person. Oh, these other people out there, they're angry. I'm not angry. But it actually turns out that when we collapse those parts of ourselves and we hide them away from us, especially in groups, especially in relationship, we don't have the sense of agency and even power to express what's true for us. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, my mom has the flu right now. And um, and last night I, I made her dinner and I'm like, Mom, I'm going to make you dinner. Then I'm going to do yoga. And I'm like, okay. And she just shrugs. And I'm like, okay, let me ask her that again. Mom, I'm going to do yoga, okay? And she just shrugs and she's like, eh. And I just get angry. And I'm like, and I think I just said like, oh. <laughs> and she goes, you know, I'm just being honest. Like that's, you know, I, I feel lonely and I don't really want you to go do yoga. And I'm like, well, I'm being honest. I'm annoyed that, you know, that you said that. <laughs> Thankfully, like my mom and I were at that level, right, where we can just like have it all be held and like it's okay for us to share that. But but then later, I, I I genuinely felt the desire to go hug her and I felt and that felt really good. And then at the end of the night, I noticed that I felt more like proud of myself for having like, you know, been so soft and, and loving with her and, and just didn't acknowledge myself for allowing that anger as if like that was wrong. 
Um, so I love that. Yeah, I just love that you said that. Um, how 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 like safety is created when we can allow all of you know our spontaneous emotions to come through. Spontaneous emotions, and when when you and your mother are both feeling in yourselves enough for her to be like, honestly, it, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> and for you to be like, honestly, that annoys me. And now there's a truth. There's just like a truth of experience that's happening. And now you have the opportunity to know more of what's going on for her. She can know that you're not just like trying to be nice and good all the time that you can express yourself. And so with safety, ultimately, this comes from the trust within ourselves to be able to express what's true for us. This doesn't just mean like splattering our truth all over everyone and the world. There's ways of being graceful, but we actually aren't making things safe for ourselves or each other when we repress what's actually true and going on for us when there's parts of ourselves, whether it's anger or upset or sadness or some place that feels unlovable that we aren't willing to express. And also this shows up a lot in my work, which mm -hmm. is actually around desire and the repression of desire. Mm. And that- we live in this world where we want to make sure that we're being attuned to each other that do you want the same thing as what i want and god forbid i want something from you that you don't want to do and we mistakenly cross wires on that so many of us have had really painful experiences with that right so as a society we push sometimes our own desires down because I don't want to impose on you. Like now you feel like you might need to meet my desire, but in a lot of the spaces and the people that I work with, when we repress our desire, we actually have less safe interactions because you're not actually being true to yourself. I'm not being true to myself. And now there's things that can start to come out sideways. And now maybe I might be like, Hey, Tanai, this, 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 this is sort of an energy that can come up a lot. Hey, Tanai, would you like a massage? Mm -hmm. And is, am I saying that because, mm -hmm. am I saying that because I'd like to genuinely serve you and give you a massage? Is that genuinely what's going on? Or am I wanting something around the interaction and it feels more comfortable for me to say, hey, tonight, can I give you a massage? Then, hey, tonight, I'm feeling attracted to you. And I'm curious if you would want to explore that attraction with me, wow. for example. Yeah, you just like literally I just went back in time of like all the times guys have said that. And I'm very sensitive. So and, and also have a lot of triggers. We used to have a lot of triggers around like feeling like I'm being manipulated. And so even that would just like, I would close up because I can sense that there's like no ownership in like, you know, I I'd like to give you a massage. Like even just hearing you say that is like, 
my nervous system is just like, ah, like I can't relax. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Not owning the desire is what's behind that. Hmm. I mean, that's one of the most vulnerable things we can do, right? Is actually own, own our desire. Yeah, that makes sense. It's and interesting. What, like, what I thought of is, is in romantic relationships of even like something like, Hey, I'd, I'd like to do a threesome in our relationship. How do you feel about that? Or I'd like to hook up with someone else. And, and I, I love when, when I have friends that are in, in partnerships that talk about how it's just about expressing the desire sometimes. Like you don't even have to act on it. It's just being, it's just allowing, you know, that you're this person that has desires for other people and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a bad and not committed partner. I mean, this is, this is intimacy. What you're talking about is, is intimacy is that even just expressing, being able to be seen in the desire and for our our partner or our lover, whoever it is, to just be able to see us in the desire and to to feel seen in that, like that's that's intimacy, that's exposing. And whether or not we end up acting on it, sometimes that's all I even really need is to feel accepted and seen and loved in what's true for me. Because I do have these, as, as someone who is not, I don't necessarily feel the deep architecture in my soul to be in this like 100% monogamous connection all the time, no emotional connection with others, no erotic connection with others, no sensual connection with others, but like you are the person that completes me. And mm -hmm. so we're going to like, that isn't, that doesn't feel true to the way my soul expresses, but I also still desire deep, se deeply secure attachment and connection and emotional intimacy with a life partner. Right. Yeah. So. Mm. So good. Um, something, something else that I thought of as, as I was listening to you is, and, and, and tell me if, if you, if you agree with this, that it's almost like our generation grew up with seeing the older generation as look at what they did wrong. They were so, um, like violent with each other and aggressive and there's a lot of anger. And so it's almost like our generation went to the other side of like, we're not going to yell at each other. Everything's going to be nice and kind and, and happy um, mm -hmm. and I'm, and I, I'm sure you, you experience this in your men's work. I'd love to hear just some of, some of that, of like, you know, the, the impact of, of those storylines on, on men and relationships. Yeah. The, I mean, the epidemic of the nice guy is, is a real issue with, our planet because well one many some of the people who've really studied this believe that like the nice guy part of where that comes from is a generation of men that were raised by women hmm. because 
after the Industrial Revolution, you have men that are now leaving home to go be in an office somewhere versus prior to the Industrial Revolution, yeah, men might still go out and be, you know, hunting or farming, but they're they're around the home. And so children are being, boys are being raised by both mother and father in that instance. They're helping out, they're around. And once that split happened of women are supposed to stay home and men are going out to this office, now you have children being raised primarily by the mother. Mm-hmm. And so then what ends up happening as you start to have feminism occurring on our planet in the West, in Western culture is actually in certain ways, a like a demonization of masculine expression and an exaltation of feminine expression with boys not actually being raised by these effective modeling of, of masculine expression. And so now we have it's like, I need to push down some of my more masculine expression to stay in connection with mom. And I'm not getting that connection from dad. And so then this is where all this nice guy stuff comes from. And the challenge with the nice guy is that they're actually not so nice. Mm. Is that in the repression of, of the masculine ability to express, to penetrate the world, to show up, then that all gets coming out sideways as far as like judgment and manipulation to meet needs. And the other issue is that we live in a planet where there's a lot of things that are fucked up and need to change. And when we don't actually have access, when everybody's just being nice, we don't actually have access to like, wait a second. It is not okay that we're just like polluting these rivers and lakes and oceans. It's not okay that children are starving. But the difference in this is like, a fully embodied person who can feel what they're actually feeling and express it, it gives them the opportunity to really show up for their life versus getting caught into these like very righteous expressions, uh, which I'd say comes out more in the, like the nice people of like, oh, I'm like, I'm a nice person. And so I'm going to now like judge everybody out on earth who like I believe isn't really showing up in the ways that I Think. And we live in a mass society of so much judgment, yes. so much judgment on each other. But people who actually have access to all of their emotions are not judgmental people. And they are not getting caught up in like Facebook wars with people who believe slightly different things than them. Mm. Mm, yeah, that that right there is a very deep statement, just like the connection between feeling your emotions and and judging. I actually, yeah. How do you in, in your in in the spaces that you create? What are some practices that you use to express those emotions when they're coming up in hmm. real time? One, we just we just create a really strong permission field. Two, we move 
really slowly. So when we're moving into, let's say, dance space, we're actually taking people through journeys of emotions. So we might journey with sadness as a dance. Mm -hmm. We might journey with fire and anger as a dance, playing music and inviting that. We might journey with joy and expression as a dance and just fully centering each of these emotions as a completely worthwhile place to be and to express and where actually so much beauty can come from. Um, in the men's work that we do, a lot of that is, is, is just centered around people reflecting when they can feel a man and when they can't. Okay. So I might be sharing something that's going on. And the deep invitation is, I can feel you when this is going on. Where I can't feel you is over here. And just that that constant mirror is happening and invited to be coming back to actually feeling what's going on for us. Mm, that's so good. I did um a workshop a couple months ago where I was given the feedback that that they really felt me when I was complaining, but that most of the time I just seemed like I was trying to be put together and holding my emotions back. <laughs> I love that because yeah, it's it is uncomfortable for me to complain. Um and just and just like not be conscious, you know, not say the thing, the right thing here, but actually just like let it all out and say, fuck this and fuck that. Um, and it gave me a lot of permission for sure to like the, like the invitation, like you said, to ask myself, like, why am I holding back? What am I trying to, what am I trying to prove? Or what am I trying to show to, to the world? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so much, I mean, my, People get, people get so caught in thinking that there's a right way that they're supposed to be being. When actually, I, I my prayer in everything I do is just show me where being alive is. What what is it to be alive, mm -hmm. and what is in the way of feeling fully alive? I believe that life is intelligent life can organize itself. And so when I work with people, when I'm in my own journey, I just want to pray with what is actually true. And, and, I'll, and I'll say the thing that's most alive for me in, in intimate relating right now mm -hmm. is I want, when, I, when I meet people, when I like someone when i feel attracted to someone my prayer is to hold back on the mental process that starts to happen which is like tr starting to figure out if you are gonna be my girlfriend mm -hmm. starting to figure out if you're gonna be my wife starting to figure out oh 
do I think this person is somebody that I'd want to have kids with? Um, but like whatever, there's just so many possible mental frames that we can start to apply to each other. And my deepest prayer is to relate with you in a way that is just inviting what's actually true between us, right? Like what is, who are you and what is possible in as far as how I can even witness you and see you when I'm not applying those future-based frames and I'm just actually in the present moment in a state of curiosity or wonder like, wow, who is Tanai? And what does it feel like to be with you? And my prayer is then to start to be able to look backwards at who are we actually being for each other? So rather than who do I want her to be for me in the future? Like, oh, I want a girlfriend. So now I'm going to see if that's going to start to line up in the future by being with you in the present moment and being curious and being vulnerable to actually continue to say what's true for me around how it feels to be connected, what my desires are, receiving you and what's true for you, that we can actually then look backwards and be like, do we like who we've been being with each other? Like, what is that? Maybe you're like a business, maybe it's like, whoa, I thought you were a romantic interest, but actually you're inspiring this thing around my work and my creativity. And like, that's actually what's true. Or maybe I really mentally want you to be a romantic interest and I'm feeling lonely and I want to be in a partnership, mm -hmm. but actually like by being honest, it's like, whoa, you're actually like a friend. You're this, this feels like friendship and that maybe some of the spark of Eros is actually not really what's here between us. And rather than like suffering about that and like trying to make that different, it's like, oh, there's a million shapes that we could be. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it just sounds like a lot of approval for the pull, like the pull towards someone and, and trust of like, I trust this pull, but I'm not going to go immediately into the patterns that I always go to. And kind of like starting to deal with the actual human, not the image, right? The whatever you're projecting on the human, whatever identity or role, because then you start like behaving a, a different way, right? I'm guessing you're a different person with person I'm trying to figure out if I'm trying to marry than like just human in front of me and noticing what happens with human in front of me. In a perfect, in a perfect world, we be able to, I'd be able to still have that projection of like, oh, I, maybe you're, maybe we're going to get married or whatever. Like, that's what I'm looking for. In a perfect world, I'd be able to have that and still be true to myself. Mm. I have not figured out how to do that mm. in my life. Damn. I go, I go into trying to be who I think you want me to be. That's my specialty. My specialty <laughs> is, is trying to think about it's just intuitive right it's based on some of my trauma but like i'm gonna try to figure out who i think you want me to be and then i'm gonna start to be that 
even unconsciously start to be that and in little or big ways start to abandon myself over time and then feel trapped by being in connection with you that you never even really wanted me to like it's like you never even wanted it to be like that but now i'm living in this world of feeling trapped because i've actually abandoned myself and i've tried to be who i think you want me to be i probably haven't even asked you enough times of like what do you want like what is your desire right now and i'll just start to go into that that self-abandoning place mm. and i think and i think a lot of us do that absolutely i can i can definitely relate to that and just i've been noticing yeah just you know definitely being a certain way for guys um needing to deconstruct stories of like I'm either cute or sexy. So it's like, what am I going to play today? Am I going to play the cute or am I going to play the sexy? <laughs> yeah. And or like, but there's always some seduction to it. Like I, I noticed throughout the years of of healing my relationship, specifically with men of like needing, like stripping away this tendency to seduce. Like I need to have this man's attention on me. That's what feels good. And even just realizing when I, I like you said, like, oh, I just feel lonely and I just I'm I'm just enjoying this attention. And it it's so relaxing to hear you just be able to say that and own that. It's it's so relaxing because like we can even have fun with that now. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, oh yeah. First of all, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not necessarily helpful for your mm -hmm. life, yeah. but it's also not a, it's like not that big of a deal because so many people do this. Um, and so it's it's also just being able to own the shadow of like, for me, I will sometimes go into seduction because it's safer to feel like okay, well, you're not gonna you. At, you're going to be into me and that's safer than being not into me or rejecting me and or not knowing. So I'm going to like have these like little hooks or things that I do and I'm not even fully tuning into like an authentic connection. Like, do I even want, do I, how do I want this to be? Yeah. But now it feels like, ah, oh, we can breathe. Like, oh, like you have this pattern. Maybe I have these patterns. We can talk about it. Maybe we can have fun with it. Mm. Maybe I can yeah. like, oh, fuck. I'm noticing, I'm noticing that I like want you to be really into me right now. And I'm not even feeling like, <laughs> I'm not even feeling clear that I really want that. Like, wow. If we can talk about that, but this requires enough safety in yourself, right? So this is where like people cannot have that conversation unless there's a level of embodied safety in yourself. Yeah. Um, for someone who isn't aware of like the subtleties of like what's happening, for example, in your nervous system when you're you're with someone, right? How do you how do you welcome people into that? What's what's like the basic practices mm. to understand what's happening with you with someone else. I really like to 
do this practice where I'll, I'll sit with someone and we'll just, I'll go and I'll, I'll name something that I'm feeling in my body. So I'm feeling like tingling in my right leg. And then you would share, I'm feeling whatever you're feeling, right? It's whatever somatic awareness. And we actually can just go back and forth and keep going back and forth, just noticing what we're noticing. I really encourage people to start with only somatic experience, only things you're noticing in your body, but it can be really interesting to then open that up to story, mm. right? So I'm noticing like opening in my belly and I have this story that blah, blah, that about something and I am feeling desire to lean towards you. What's like an example of a story? Like, what, what do you mean by well, that? Like I'm making the story that like something like that. Like I'm, I'm telling myself the story that you do you. Well, it's, it's going into what I'm saying, like something like that. Yeah. It could be going into interpretation. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this and my interpretation is that you, maybe you feel fear, mm. fear right now, but the whole idea is like, let's slow way down and go out of like mental based thought processes together in relating and just go back and forth with like just true, true things, truth. Like I'm feeling this in my body. That's true. That's not an interpretation. That's just wow. something that I'm feeling. And we can slow things down enough to be relating in a way that we're basically doing somatic research together. Because because here, here's the thing is often we're attracted to people that we're also afraid of on some level. Because we're also attracted to people that on certain levels represent characteristics of our primary caregivers. And we're attracted to people that represent ways of being that we have disowned in ourselves. And then eventually it really pisses us off that they do those things. But initially it's attractive. It's like, whoa, mm. you're this way that's so amazing. And it's when we can slow down and just practice feeling and naming what's coming up for us, we can start to parse out like, what is this feeling of attraction and love how much of that is like a feeling that feels like safe and grounded in my body? And how much of that is like, whoa, I think I feel like like this feeling of like love feels like ungrounded. Like it feels like it's like actually making me feel lost right now or feel like afraid of, like I feel fear in my body with you. Wow, which is so vulnerable. Yeah. So vulnerable, but like how many of us have conflated the feeling of falling in love 
with like losing ourselves. Mm. Right? Like it's actually we don't want to be like obsessed stuck in our phone waiting for somebody to text us. That is actually a sign. One, it may be time to like do some work on your own attachment system, but it also might actually be a sign that like there's something not that safe happening, something not that grounded or loving happening, that there's like uh, an infatuation that is not a grounded place to come from in connection. Yeah, which like, honestly, as I'm hearing you say that, that has just been so normalized, right? Like it's just so normal to feel that. And and safety is not a word that people use when, you know, conventionally are, are talking about this. Uh, mm. yeah. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel obsessed with someone. Mm-hmm. And in fact, so I do want to feel really attracted. I know that that's really important to me and my system. Like I'm not going to fall in love with somebody where there isn't a lot of turn on. Certain people can do that. I can't do that. Yeah. But I want to feel like the relationship is helping me serve my purpose in life. And what I'd love to and this, this is a certain level of, of advanced relating, but I'll offer it because there's people who will listen to this that may really resonate. So some, some people, their relationship of their dreams is like really focused on each other. That's the nature of, of the relationship of their dreams is it's kind of like two people gazing at each other. That is not why I'm alive personally. I want to be the relationship of my dreams is more like sitting on a park bench together, serving the same purpose. And that our coming together is actually about showing up for life, showing up for something that matters to both of us so much that we will work through the things that come up with each other in service of this thing that we're here to give to the world. That is, and, and, I, and I've come to realize, hey, for certain people, it might actually be true that, hey, you're, you're, what's most important to you in relationship is kind of this, this shape of, of gazing at each other. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you want for the rest of your life. I have noticed for me that the relationships that feel most inspiring are the ones where, yes, they're, they're massively connected. They're totally there with each other in a, in a secure attachment bond, but actually the place that they're gazing is like out into the world at, at the same thing that's important to both of them. And that is a, huge shift and it's actually something i think people can talk about with each other when in that alignment conversation of like are is there actually an alignment here because if one person is here to like really serve some external purpose in the world and the other is like i really want a relationship that is us like focused on each other 
they're going to have a really hard time. Yeah. And neither one is wrong or right. It's just, you're in a, you're in a, a, in an alignment issue. And it's not that both people need to like equally be doing the same thing out in the world. Like maybe, maybe one person is like really helping focus on tending some of the relational nest of the family and the home and the friends that are surrounding this ecosystem. And the other person is maybe like a little bit more going out into the world to do the doing and that's okay. But fundamentally they're like, we, we both are here for that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I feel it. You feeling me? Yeah. I mean, so much has come up listening. I, I definitely got what you're saying and it's, it goes beyond, you know, it's just like a next a next conversation to have outside of are you monogamous or or polyamorous are you this or that like this is just another one of those questions to to ask ourselves um you know kind of like following the the seduction thread i i noticed uh. that that my intention was like i need you to be obsessed with me for me to feel safe and now it's like wait a minute no like that would that actually makes me feel unsafe. I definitely don't want you to be obsessed with me, and I don't want this like craving nervousness in our relationship. So that's that's also what it made me think of when when you mentioned the two people looking at each other. You know, it's just like I I, I def I I would create this false sense of safety by by needing to hook a guy and and have him be obsessed with me. Ah. <laughs> another exhale <laughs> yeah it's like and this is what we this is what we can this is what we can do for each other versus the false safety of you're the only one for me or right this it and this isn't just a conversation of like people kind of breaking out of a really traditional monogamous context that kind of yeah. possesses each other. And it's, it's, it's actually being able to, 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 to work the other way. It's being able to, to be honest when we're feeling jealous, mm -hmm. it's being able to feel it's being able to, if what you're really available for is and what your nervous system is available for is only a monogamous relationship, period, end of story. And like, all you're doing is setting yourself up for so much pain and hurt by trying to connect with and be with somebody who is not wanting that. Mm. But like this like spiritual warrior of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I can, I can meet you in that. I can, it's like, no, we're not, we're not, and you're not helping them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. Is that what you're referring to when you talk about the importance of self-responsibility? Ultimately, yeah. I mean, with self-responsibility and relationship, it's I can take responsibility for my experience and my desires and what's true and in speaking that and that 
you are not responsible for reading my mind. You are not responsible for meeting my desires, especially if I don't name them. Mm. <laughs> right. And so that self-responsibility and this also isn't like blanket. Everybody just has to be purely responsible for themselves. And we're not in synergy with each other. And we're not, you know, you can't be like, ah, oh, like tonight, I, I'm feeling like there's something going on that you're not saying. Can you, can you tell me? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, in, in my experience, that's like being responsible for like the nervousness I'm I'm feeling or the discomfort because I can sense that maybe there's something you're not saying, you know? So it's, it's like, I got to take care of me and I feel weird here. And so it's, yeah, that's, that's what, in those experiences, that's what it's felt like for me. I, and I know we're, we're coming up on time. I do just want to offer one other piece that I'm, I'm really feeling mm -hmm. in relationship these days, which is, my my deepest desire in relationship is is a relationship that is that is fully awakened and mm -hmm. i want to be with someone who yes they love and accept me how i am and when i'm doing things that are sabotaging my life that they don't let me keep doing it that it's like not loving and accepting each other in a way that like continues to play out the things in our lives that are not actually functioning and don't work well. But I want to be with someone who's going to actually point at it. Mm. How, how do you suggest doing that without it being like caretaking or, or highly critical? Yeah. What yeah, are some tools to use? So for me, one of the things that comes up is when I'm feeling misunderstood in partnership, mm -hmm. it's really easy to like for my, my heart to close or partially close or be less open than I really want. I just have this thing where it's like, <laughs> now I'm closed. And now we're kind of in this logical place, mm. which is just a death trap with most of my relationships. And I, what I want is for her to, or him to, because this doesn't just happen in, in romantic connections. What I want is, is for someone to say, I really want to feel your heart. And I need to feel your heart. And I know that you can do better right now. And I want you to stop listening to the words I'm saying and just understand like I just, and, and for someone to just challenge me over and over and over and over again to opening my heart that's one, just one tiny example, because it's not serving me out in my life to allow myself to close in my heart anytime something challenging is happening. Um, 
it could also be around my career. Like if I'm playing it small in what I'm offering, I want someone who's like, I really feel like you could play bigger right now. Really think that if you fully trusted yourself, you would play a different game. And I'm wondering what that is. I don't want someone who is going to just be with me as I keep playing small. I, that act, and for some people, that actually might be. They're like, no, I kind of just want to be in a connection where like, no matter how I'm being, they're just going to love and accept it. And this is kind of goes to that other alignment conversation. These are, these are other things to talk about, which is like, what is the level of, of like challenge and upliftment that we want to be for each other? Is this a relationship that's here to, I want to fully awaken in this lifetime? Mm. Some people don't want that. Many people, probably most people, <laughs> most, people. most people listening don't want that. Yeah. that and that's the truth. Even even when you think you do, sometimes yeah. you don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hearing you say that, that it's, it's, it's a difference between loving and accepting someone as they are and not, I think, it, I think it's actually really loving to see someone's greatness and speak to it and, and point out when, when they're not there. And what I found beautiful in how you shared it is that it's not about telling someone, hey, you suck, you're not you're not getting this right, but it's actually speaking to, hey, I think you could do better. Hey, um, this is getting in your way, you know? And and it's not complaining it, either. It's not complaining yeah. about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 that it's like the awareness, it's it's empowerment, just not in a way that we're used to to hearing. Um, but I think it's, it's really powerful and, and it speaks to like lifting each other up. Lifting each other up. And there's, there's a bit of a common sense thing happening in the conscious community, quote unquote, of you can only change yourself. You can't change anybody else. And so if something is happening in your relationship that you don't like, like just work on yourself, work on yourself, work on yourself. The truth is, so that's a stage. That's an important stage. That's not the end of the conversation. So yes, take responsibility. Is there a way that you're showing up that's contributing to the dynamic you don't like? Yes. Look at that, own that, be with that. And the truth is if somebody, if your partner is sabotaging their life, over and over and over again with a certain behavior, whether it's like not believing in themselves enough to do what they really want to do, that is actually limiting the entire relationship because we're interconnected. So if you and I are in a partnership, there's a field of energy that is massively interpenetrating our lives and my life as an individual based on also you and what you're holding and so there's a next stage of relationship, which is actually to recognize how I am in my career, let's say, just as an example, or my health, my health choices does impact you as an individual, does impact your own ability to move to greater levels of coherence in your life, 
greater levels of embodiment in your life. And so it's actually to recognize that it's not as simple as like, just take care of your side of the street and everything else will work. It's take care of your side of the street. And we're so interconnected and that we're talking about these, these complex fields of energy that actually impact one another. And the world. And, and, and yes. Yeah. Damn. Oh, thank you. I'm like, I want, I want one more question, but that was just so powerful that I'm like, yeah. Mm, and then, then that's beautiful though. Cause it's like, now I actually have this added motivation too, of recognizing, gosh, like how I show up for my health, the way I eat, the way I sleep is actually like, I can, I can show up for tonight. By, by doing this for myself right now. And sometimes it, we don't, we struggle. Sometimes I need more motivation than just taking care of myself mm -hmm. to actually make good choices for my life. I'm like, it would be actually helpful to like, think about like, wow, this is going to help tonight. Wow. Yeah. And, and even like, there's times where I'm just like, in a depressive state or feeling lost and that will get me through it of like the way I'm showing up just in my morning practice can have a really big impact. And it, it helps me feel like at least to my masculine, it feels, you know, that, it, that empowerment of, Hey, these little things are making a big, you know, a big difference. So. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you have, do you have a couple more minutes? Cause I do want to yeah. ask you one more thing. I'd yeah. love to hear your last favorite moment of human connection that you either witness or you experience, like share, share some of that magic. Mm. Wow. I was having dinner a couple nights ago. And with a couple people that I'm living with, and we just sort of somehow found our way into sharing our family of origin dynamics and like most challenging dynamics of our, our family of origin. And just being able to sit there and... And these are two really amazing men, actually. Um, just being able to sit there and share my like most challenging experiences from childhood and how they're impacting me today, um, and be loved, loved and seen. And and I think the beauty of it was there was and, and we all shared zero fixing, mm -hmm. zero anything other than just listening and like wow i really feel you and what i would draw out of that that just feels so relevant is like gosh so much of the game with intimacy especially with like challenging things that come up is is just being with it just being known in it I'd say most of our burden is that we just don't feel known in it. It's not that we don't actually know how to change it. 
Mm. It's like, oh, I just feel. And so that was really powerful for me is for these men that I respect to also know me in that way. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Spencer, for, for sharing yourself and your, yeah, your gifts. Like I could cry just, just feeling how much you've just the man you're you've grown into and how different you are and like he was cool too but it's it's very cool to feel you more like you said like you're you're here more and uh, just like the the impact of how slow you speak and how present <laughs> yeah just how oh my god I have no words but this is like one of my favorite episodes so thank uh -huh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for um starting my year off with this podcast with with this episode. Yeah. You're so welcome and I'd love to share that um I don't consume a lot of content on media. I'm like mostly putting stuff out and then just trying to live my life. Mm -hmm. Um and I do see what you're sharing with the world. And it's so beautiful the way that I feel that you've created a life where you can actually be you online. Mm. That's so hard. There's <laughs> so many people who don't really feel, and I even feel this with myself. I'm mm. like, fuck, like, can I share that like shitstorm part of my life, like with the internet or whatever? And I know I'm sure you have your own journey with this, but I so, I think it's so cool the way that you do that. And I, and it, I, I hope that people who listen, like lean into you even more on that because it takes a lot to, 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 to do that. <laughs> And to like be able to hold the multidimensionality of your life is like, yeah, I can be like so fucked up over here. Those are my words, not yours. Mm -hmm. but like I can be like such a dumpster fire in my life over here. And then like also have things like be like, and I'm a whole beautiful, complete human who can totally serve life now being a work in progress. And I think that's what you're doing is like permissioning people this, like you can be exactly where you are right now with all of your flaws and perfectly serve the purpose that you're here to serve. Not that, that your flaw is going to like reach up and drag you down. If you really live why, why, what you're here to live. So way to go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, thank you. I feel so seen. <laughs> yeah, from one dumpster fire to another. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if um if anyone listening wants to connect with Spencer, I highly do recommend following him on Instagram because he has been sharing these fire posts, making mm. fun of the conscious community <laughs> in the most friend, in the most, you know, playful, 
<laughs> and heartfelt way, but he's nailing it. So number one, if you want some humor in your content, I recommend you following him. And you're also offering some things, right? You're you're taking Dance Meets, meets Todd Tantra on the road. Yeah. So at, at Spencer Jacobson underscore on Instagram, um, spencerjacobson.com. Um, and there's links to my stuff, um, dancemeetstantra.com. And we're traveling around the country. We'll be in Europe this year at some point as well. So people can um, check that out. And then we have um, Emergence Brotherhood, a six-month mentorship and mastermind journey starting in February. That is going to be really, really, really powerful men's journey for anybody that is whether you've already taken the leap into what you really want to be doing, but you just know that you're fucking ready to step it up even more. Or if you've maybe you've focused on things that aren't your soul's path and you know, you need to like actually get aligned to why you're really here. Um, those are two different types of men that are amazing for this program. And um, yeah, we start in February and that's uh, that's deep work. So inviting anybody to check that out emergence.love. Very cool. Anything with how slow can we go? Or is that event that you already did? Yeah. So how slow can we go? Uh, we're doing a, a three-day retreat in Copenhagen, um, January 18th to 20th, I believe. Um, and that, yeah, that body of work will, will keep unraveling, but I don't, I don't know anything else about what we're going to do with that. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.